back Seen a hundred bottles coming from the back Welcome to another episode of Adulting with Wine. So this year I've been talking about, you know, about being where the money resides and I'm definitely still about it. This week I uh, wanted to have a guest from a recent Instagram I've been following. The Instagram is called Nine Until and it's about, it's all about like resources for black professionals. And I think it's so interesting. I don't know how I found this uh, Instagram in particular, but um, I think it's a great resource for uh, black women or just black people in general to learn more about um, finding jobs or uh, interview tips and stuff like that. Um, Especially during the pandemic where, you know, everybody is trying to get their lives back together. Um, Who knows when that will be. But the owner of the Instagram, her name is Jasmine, and she's joining me today to talk about how we can get where the money resides. Jasmine, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here and happy to have this chat. And thank you so much for reaching out to me to interview. For sure. Um, So tell me a little bit about like why you started this um, Instagram and like what do you do in your nine until professional life? Yeah. Um, So Obviously, um, you know, my my business and my brand is nine until, but essentially what we are is a digital resource collective for young black professional women looking to elevate their personal brand, as well as solve the mystery of the corporate climb. Um, I started this brand because I felt like when I started my, my corporate journey, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me and didn't feel comfortable connecting with some of my non-Black counterparts to get the resources and information um, that I needed. And so there was a lot of mistrust for me um, when I entered into the corporate space. Um, And so I want to use this platform to kind of give women um, that look like me and look like us, um, just the arm or that olive branch to say that you're not, you're not alone in this space. Um, here are resources and here is someone that can help you um, make that climb. So, yeah. For sure. Um, one of the things, why this is like so important now is like, as you know, last March, the pandemic hit, a lot of people lost their job. And a lot of people are finding like, they kind of have to start over in their career. Like um, a lot of the people I've come across, um, because I work in property management, as some of you may know, who listen to the podcast, a lot of residents I've run into, like they were, um, you know, C-level or directors. And now they're like working for Amazon or doing something completely different. So I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about people who um, have to start over maybe not as drastically as you know going from a director level to working for Amazon, but talking speaking more to people who um, have to now embark on a uh, a new career journey um, and find a new job in this sort of really crazy job market. So for one, how do you how do you suggest that people start like searching for jobs or begin their like job search? Yeah, so I think one of the most important things that um, a person can do when they start that 
job search is to not immediately go on to like those LinkedIn, Indeed, and all of that to start looking for a job. Um, obviously, if there's like an immediate need, you can't pay your bills, um, you know, and you got to get money quick, then you you definitely need to try to find ways to to make money. But um, if you have a little leeway um, and you want to use this opportunity to like really step off and start off into like a new um, and good career, then I always tell people to just sit down and do like this, um, a self-evaluation of what it is you want out of your next opportunity. Um, and just what skills do you have that align with the particular roles or opportunities you're interested in? Um, and so if you have those skills and opportunities that match, um, then, you know, you, you go through the process of starting to look for roles online or like tapping into your network to see, um, if there's anything out there, um, that aligns with your interests. Um, and then also too, like, you know, using, using that time as an opportunity to see like, maybe if I don't have the skills for this opportunity or this industry that I want to get into, like what kind of trainings or courses or different things that I can get into or learn um, that would help me be more marketable um, or appealing to those hiring managers and recruiters. So right. I think that that's definitely a start. I like that you said um, starting off with a self-evaluation. Um, that's something when I was exiting my last job opportunity into this one that I'm in, um, one of the courses that I took, that was one of the first things she had us do. And I feel like that's so important. And um, one of the first things, one of the things that kept recurring is like they would like people who are like network would, would say would be like, you know, make sure the company values align with your values um and a lot of these people were um you know people of color especially black people that would say that to me because why it was important is because a lot of the times when we're going into these companies that have a lot of people that don't look like us if the values don't align um oftentimes you'll find yourself wanting to leave uh, very quickly so what are your some tips that you have for people who are starting to search? Um, they've kind of gotten past like what and know what they're looking for, but um, they're starting to like, you know, get into companies and they want to know like, where did they start from there? Got it. Okay. So um, I actually just posted something kind of similar to this, but one thing I would say is start to follow some of these companies on like social media platforms on LinkedIn um, so that you can kind of see like what, um, how they communicate with their customers or their clients. Um, a lot of them, a lot of these companies have like career social media pages. So it's like Amazon career or Google careers, or, you know, they have like YouTubes. Um, and so I like to encourage people to like tap into that free resource, um, to try to learn like what, what are these, um, organizations like? Um, how do they communicate with their customers? Who do they serve? Um, and this is like helping you in turn to like get prepared for that interview phase once you get to that point because you can speak to a lot of different things. Um, another way to like try to find um, a company that aligns with, you know, your values or, or what you're looking for is to find people that work there. Um, I 
know that like Glassdoor has like a lot of reviews. Like you can you can look at reviews for companies on Glassdoor, but sometimes I don't really think that they give like what from our perspective as black people, what our experience will be when we step into the doors. I think it's drastically different. Um, and I feel like the data may be a bit skewed. Um, so I encourage people to look for individuals that's in the roles that you want to be in, or even not in the roles that you want to be in, but just work for the company that may look like, you know, us, um, and kind of talk to them to see what their experience is like, what they what they do like, what they don't like, um, you know, growth opportunities, whatever it is you're looking for um, in a particular organization, like asking all those tough questions, because they're going to give you the real nine times out of 10. Right, right, right. Um, that's definitely something I used in my last job search. Like literally every job I went for, I was on LinkedIn like, hello, um, I would like to apply here. Do you like your job? How do you feel about it? I don't know. I've never thought to ask them, like, how do you feel um, as a Black person working here? Um, yeah. Because I feel like that's... Don't shy away from that. <laughs> but, no, don't shy away from that because, honestly, um, it makes a difference. You know, like, we... It's, it's fact that our experience vary greatly from our white counterparts, our Asian counterparts, um... Anyone in the workplace does not have the same experience as black men and women. So um, it's very important to talk to our sisters and brothers that are in these spaces to see what their true experience is and what resources do they have to support um, us and helping to make our experiences better. So, yeah. Definitely. Um, so speaking of that, um, something else I wanted to get into because like I said, I, I would reach out to people who were in the position that either I was going into, or maybe they were the person that I'd be reporting to. And that's kind of like another way I would try to get into um, getting an interview. Cause a lot of the times, um, most of the companies will have like an employee referral. So they're trying to get somebody hired anyway. But um, another reason I did that is because um, they, typically know the person who is going to be the hiring manager. Um, but, but what other tips do you have for sort of getting an interview, getting your first foot in the door, getting that first phone interview that you normally have to have? Yeah, um, I think another way outside of like finding people on LinkedIn or like finding employees to get an employee referral, there's actually ways that you can search for um, like the hiring managers for particular roles or recruiters. Um, and so you can do that. You can do that either um, like by looking them up on LinkedIn or um, like sometimes companies have directories that you can kind of search um, to kind of put your name out there. Um, and then oftentimes like you're able to search like job, like different companies are starting to have more virtual events. Um, cause I think right now they, they're kind of starting to get a handle on what it means to be in a COVID environment. Um, you know, what their budget is for like hiring people and different things like that. So they're starting to do a lot of like virtual um like career fairs um and so there's definitely an opportunity like if you search online sometimes they have it on their websites um you you may find it in like different um like facebook job job groups um and even on instagram people like repost repost stuff all the time about different like fairs and stuff to kind of put your um resume in the pot 
um, so that you can, you know, start to get interviews or connect with recruiters to get to that point. Um, so definitely don't shy away from those things. I can't even imagine what a virtual career fair would look like because I'm from New York. So I just imagine like a whole bunch of like, like a thousand people in a Zoom because I'm thinking of like, <laughs> um, what's that place called where they have like that big Apple ca- uh, career fair once a year? I can't remember what this place is called, but it's freaking huge. And I just imagine like a thousand people in a Zoom and you not being able to get your questions answered. But hopefully, you know, it's limited. Um. <laughs> yeah, like Amazon had. Um, I think that was back in November, Amazon had their career day um, and they literally had um, they literally had like a day full of events where they went over um, like their business. They went over like open roles and you could they had a a, a portal where you can sign up to talk to a recruiter um, and give them your resume. Um, And so I I posted about it on my page and I had a lot of my followers go sign up for it. Um, The sign up like system like shut down because so many people um was trying to like sign up and, and and get into like the career fair um but they actually had a very organized system that um i even joined on to just see how it worked and it, it worked really well not sure what technology they use but obviously it's amazon so they got the coins <laughs> um, to do do stuff like that um so you know it worked for them. And then also Google had a hiring event and it was specifically for black and brown um, job seekers. Um, And so that, and it was for black and brown job seekers that were women. Um, So it was tailored to women. Um, They had the same kind of like setup, um, but it was specific to um, like certain technical jobs. Um, And they also provided resources for you to use if you didn't have like a technical background, but you wanted to get that um, experience to add to your resume. So it's, it's opportunities out there. Um, So, yeah. Um, Something that you mentioned, um, I kind of wanted to um, go back to where you said that they, um, they were looking, they were interested in people who didn't have like a technical background. So what do you suggest for people who, um kind of lost their job in the pandemic and are not looking for opportunities in a different field like how to market themselves um for that different field like obviously you want to like look at your transferable skills but what other things can you do to kind of like you know highlight yourself in a different market yeah so um i think one of the biggest things is reskilling yourself um and and i did a, a live with um, her name's Nemo Omar, and she is a sales engineer for Google. Um, but she left, she used to work at Deloitte, and she left Deloitte as a consultant in human capital um, and took a job at Google doing sales engineering. Um, and so when I did my live with her, um, we kind of went through this whole process of like, how do you go from HR consulting to engineering at Google, you know, and so she kind of talked about the process of like reskilling yourself um, and what that looked like for her. And so one thing that, um, you know, people that are in that 
particular space where they're looking to hop into new industries or hop into, hop into new roles, definitely, like you said, look at those transferable skills, but also start to read those job descriptions and see what certifications these companies are asking for on those job descriptions. Um, you can try to look and see like what, um, like what technical skills or even what soft skills that they're they're writing on these applications and really try to map what you already have um to that but also try to see like what opportunities on um linkedin learning coursera um who else there's so there's like a, a ton of different like um learning platforms out there um that can give you like certificates that you can literally add to your resume to help you kind of boost your um your marketability if you will yeah got it i don't even know what like i've never heard of a sales engineer like what what like i feel like during these times like we're just like inventing positions like um, yes. <laughs> you know what I we did not like dive deep um, into like what exactly her role was during that live but that's a good question um, and, and also too like a lot of times in the tech space um, they have like all of these crazy names um, for the for the roles but then when you like really get to reading the job description and truly understand what it is you're like oh I think I can do that or, oh, you know, that means this. So, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I feel like now we just like, I feel like in HR, they just create like these weird ass names. But I feel like in one sense, it helps because like, it's all about making it seem, I, feel, I hate saying this, but I feel like sometimes it's all about making it seem like the position is more than what it is. Um, and that, and I might be wrong for saying that, that might be an unpopular opinion, but I feel like sometimes that's what it is. Cause I'm just like, what? Some companies, yeah. And and like that's don't be afraid to ask like that's why I said like talking to people that's in these roles, um, like what is and what does your day to day look like? Um, because you may be reading the description and they're saying one thing and then when you talk to them, you're like, mm. I don't think this would be a good fit for me, or I don't know if I wanna do this or this. Yeah. This ain't what it's all cracked up to be. Yeah. Um, a good example of that, too, is, like, I remember um, in my last job, I, I would meet a lot of people in different, like, industries. And this woman told me, she was like, yeah, I'm an educate. What did she say exactly? She said, I'm an education consultant. And I was like, wow, I've never heard of that. What is that? And basically, she was, like, a tutor, like, with her own business. Like, to be fair, she did, like, have, like, different contracts like with different schools at times but mm. she technically she was a tutor, a tutor. So, <laughs> like, again Look, whatever you gotta do to make yourself um feel good or whatever you gotta do to get to the money you know sometimes when you have those lofty titles that's all people be worried about sometimes you gotta dress it up and make it real for them um so i'm i'm not opposed to it just as if you like it I love it, you know, as long as you're doing something that you enjoy. Right. And that brings up another point, like, with resumes. I know that a lot of times, especially Black women, we have a hard time with our resumes and, you know, um, you know, making it seem, dressing it up to make it seem great. Like, we have a lot hard time um, basically uh, putting our skills onto paper is what I really want to say um, in a way that really translates so we can get that role. Um, 
I know that I have a hard time doing this as well when it comes, it's like, I can help anybody write a great resume, but me, me, I don't know what to say about myself. So what kind of tips do you have for people who, you know, have great skills, but are having trouble um, translating that onto their resume um, in order to get the interview? It's always hard writing something for yourself or doing anything for yourself um, versus doing it for like a friend or something like that. So I totally feel you on that one. Um, But for resumes and, um, you know, just trying to make sure that you have a strong case for why you, you know, deserve this particular role. It's all about impact. Um, And so when you are writing these bullet points that are on your resume, you always have to ask yourself the question of so what? So you can say, for example, you can say, um, I created reports for um, the CEO of the company. Okay, so what? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, so, so what? did you do what was the impact of what you did um and so i don't think that people think about it in that literal sense but that's really all you're doing you're you're taking what you did and you're saying so what asking yourself the so what to that and answering that question and that becomes your bullet point um another thing that i like to tell people um is that consider taking your praise that you get throughout the year. So, you know, maybe your manager um, emailed you or pinged you and said, hey, great job on winning this account. Um, You know, that's, you just got us $2 million um, in business. We really appreciate you, blah, blah, blah. Start looking at that praise, saving that and using that as bullet points for your resume because you want to talk about your accomplishments. You want to talk about your impact. Um, And that's something that you can turn into a bullet point on your resume to show the value that you have to an organization or to your team. Um, So, you know, that that's another thing. Um, The other thing I like to tell people is that you want to quantify as much as possible. Um, just because if you're giving vague, um, or if you're writing out vague bullet points or accomplishment statements, the hiring manager is going to ask the question we talked about earlier. So what? And then your, your resume is going to go into that pile of no's. Um, so you want to quantify as much as possible when you're writing out your bullet points on your resume, because that really helps them see numbers wise. Um, what you're able to do and why you would be a great fit for the role. Right, right, right. I like that question of so what, because I never thought to ask myself that. Um, but that's definitely something like um, I've seen being used in like uh, life coaching. Um, mm. But that's an interesting concept, an interesting way of looking at um, how to build your resume. Um, so something else I want to move into is sort of like, what do you do? Once you get the interview, once you get that email, like, you need to, well, I guess now you wouldn't go anywhere, but I guess you'd be like, you know, be in the Zoom at 12.15 on a Tuesday, whatever. Like, how do, we, how do you prep for the interview? Um, I think the biggest thing and the best thing that you can do is, it's going to be cliche and simple, but you need to research. Um, and I know earlier I kind of talked about following um following these companies on social media, 
Um, by the time you get to the interview, you should have talked to a few people that were in the role um, that you're interested in. Um, you should understand, you should have been on the company's website to um, see like who are their clients, who do they, who do they serve. Um, go type their name into Google, press the news tab, see what news has recently popped up for them. Um, because those are things that can become conversation starters or things that you can use in the interview to tie to your experiences and sell a better story. Um, so that's definitely something that I encourage people to do. Another thing that you can do prior to your interview is um, not, typically you would have talked to a recruiter. So make friends with your recruiter. Ask them who exactly you'll be interviewing with. Cause you want to look up and see like who am i talking to um you can look up their previous role they may have went to your alma mater you just never know um so ask ask your recruiter like you know what's the name of the person that i'll be interviewing what is their role um what position you know would i be working ask them if you were to get the position like would you be working with them directly or if it's another team so that you can start to tailor your answers or hypothetical answers to questions that they would want or or would care about the most. Um, so the more you know who you're sitting in front of or sitting across from um, on these interviews, the better it is for you to be able to tailor your answers to um, provide information that they care about most. Right. That is, I feel like that's something I, I never do. I never ask about who's interviewing me. And that is like a big shocker. Um, one of the things that um, shocked me the last time I, when I interviewed for my current job was like, they were like, oh, this interview, I think they told me the interview is gonna be like 90 minutes. And it was in person. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell are we gonna talk about for 90 minutes? And it turns out it was like four interviews. Um, mm -hmm. So four different people. So it would have been yeah. really helpful to kind of know who I was gonna be talking to so I can kind of like, you know, you can insta stop these, look them up. What did they like? What movies they like? Name drop that. You know, you can always find a way to make, it's more about creating a connection with someone. Um, I don't want to say that's more important than your skill, but it's probably equal because if someone can connect with you, I mean, you're going to be their coworker. So of course they want to like you. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's equally important. Um, um, uh, another thing that I wanted to add to like preparation for interviews is that a lot of these companies have interview prep material on their websites. There's so many companies that have like this material that you can easily go find um, in their like career portal. So if you are like interviewing for a company, check their, check their career portal, see what resources they have on there so that that can help you because sometimes they have very specific interviews or very specific questions um, for different industries. Like I'm in consulting. And so if you're interested in consulting or you're trying to get a job within consulting, you have to do a case interview and that's very different from a traditional or regular behavioral interview um, because you have to solve a problem um, and there's a method to how you do that and so my company has a whole portal with eight different cases based on what area of the business you want to go into and so when i was prepping for for my interview i was like okay let me take some of these cases on here and practice and get someone to practice with me um, and act like they're interviewing, act like they're interviewing me um, at that moment. And so I think, you know, doing all of that prep work helped me secure the job.
that's very important um for a lot of roles in particular there's a lot of like case-based study um for me in particular like i had to take like a writing test um based or like it was it was less of like a writing test but more of like this is the situation how would you answer this person so um and, then, and of course they tell you like the whole spiel like it's okay if you don't know an answer but i was like on their website like listen what would they like what are their principles like what are they looking for as far as answers like how they, how would they want me to respond to someone um and always like in those cases the more you say the better well i don't really want to always give people that advice but like the more detailed you are about the situation is the better um because then they know that you've put some thought or you have um more perspective into like what the role is going to be um, yeah you agree? <laughs> no, I agree. And and don't be don't be afraid to ask clarify, clarifying questions during interviews. I think that people um they they want to be so right, you know, they don't want to get anything wrong, they don't want to mess up and so, you know, they'll start talking and they'll try to answer the question, but they're not really answering the question that's being asked. And it's because maybe they're nervous or, you know, they, they didn't truly understand it when it was first asked. And so um, I always tell people, don't be afraid to ask, you know, clarifying questions that can help you better answer um, the question presented to you. So I'm so glad that you brought up questions because I wanted to talk about that too. Um, I feel like another important part of like an interview is the questions that you ask them. Um, because if I feel like if you go into the interview without asking any questions, then it can kind of seem like you just want a job. Like, why do you want to work here um, if you don't have any questions? And I feel like the types of questions that you ask will give more insight into who you are and why you want to work for them. Um, I personally have helped a friend. Um, develop a question for her interview and i feel like that question was like what sealed the deal because like the i think for example this person worked for like they work in like art and mm -hmm. i was i someone gave me the idea they were like why didn't she ask like how they're incorporating like the social world like the internet into like something that's so traditional which is art and yeah. she like she came back to me she was like they love that freaking question because she had like a group interview so i feel like what the, the questions that you ask can really like uh change the table and even if you are like feeling like the interview went okay um so how do you propose that people go about like creating questions for their interview because you should always have questions yes no doubt questions are super important because like People have to understand that you're being interviewed, but you're also interviewing them to make sure that all the information and all the things that you saw up until this point add up to what you feel like you need. Um, and so questions, asking those questions will really help you, um, you know, get, get to the bottom of things. And so um, I think that when you think about questions, um, you should always try to try to have some in like various categories. So, so some categories could be like diversity questions. Obviously, I'm black, you're black. You know, if you're a person of color, you need to ask the question about diversity. 
um, you need to ask some sort of question. You don't have to be like, okay, what's the numbers? Like, how many black people do you have? You know, like, you don't have to ask, <laughs> you know, something like that. But you need to ask uh, questions around, like, how are they going to support you? Um, how do they create safe spaces for you in those organizations? Um, another question that you want to ask um, is something around, like, team um, and, and performance. Like, what does a great first year look like for someone in your role, um, what values or what behaviors does a successful um, person in, in that particular role, um, you know, display. So that helps you understand, like, what expectations will you have if you take this role? Um, another thing is, like, looking further, further down the line, like, what growth opportunities are you able to pivot um, from this role? Um, are there opportunities for you to work on other projects outside of your day-to-day -day activities? Because that helps you see like, okay, I can do this um, with my eyes closed, whatever this particular role you're interviewing for, but is there opportunity for me to learn elsewhere and continue to build my skills and my resume while I'm at this, at this job? Um, and you also want to just, just ask questions that are um, relatable to the the work and the, the customer and the client um that you're going to be working with as well so you know follow those follow those buckets um you know find buckets to put at least one question in um and try to ask ask them um based on however much time you have um in the interview um but yeah i i like to categorize the questions and come up with at least one for each one for each person you interview with or for like um like you just one person one question just just in general i typically tell people to have at least five to ten questions lined up damn <laughs> but but here's the thing though okay. that sounds like a lot but you never know based on the conversation of the interview like they could have answered your question earlier on while y'all were talking you know what i'm saying so if you only came with like two questions and both of your questions have been answered, then you're going to be sitting there like scratching your head like, oh, what am I supposed to say? Um, hey, touche, Jasmine, touche. Yeah. That's a good point. So, <laughs> so have like five to 10 questions lined up. And then also too, like you can reuse those questions for other interviews that you have. You may need to tweak a little bit um, of the of the language, but you can reuse them. Um, so I have my go-to questions um, written down. So, you know, come up with five to 10 questions, maybe, you know, pick like five categories, whether it's diversity and inclusion, whether it's, um, you know, the cult, like the COVID and the pandemic, like how are they handling that? How has their response been? Like that's something that's top of mind for a lot of these hiring managers. What does, you know, the virtual um, work environment look like at that, company because uh, that's something that you need to know um are you able to be location independent you know are you going to need to come into the office you know those that's an easy question that you can answer i mean ask um during the interview um, and it's very relevant to today's times right right always keep current events in mind especially now i feel like all we talk about is a goddamn covid i can't wait to it's goddamn over yeah. but <laughs> it's a great point for for those um it definitely impacted um practically everybody as far as work so definitely ask how your company handled the pandemic because if 
during the pandemic, you still have to travel to the office. Maybe you don't want to be working there. <laughs> okay. Because I know I don't. <laughs> Period. I know I don't. Um, so now you've gotten a job. Let's say now you've gotten a job um, or you've gotten the offer. How do you go about negotiating your compensation if you're not, if it's not exactly what you were looking for? Got it. So one tip prior to this is for the people that um get the question of you know what's your expected salary um the way to kind of get them to give you a ballpark number and even if they don't ask you that question like it's something to keep in the back of your back of your head um but I would say, you know, if a recruiter or someone asks, like, what's your, your expected um, salary range um, in that earlier phase, let them know, like, hey, I'm still doing research um, on, you know, an equitable salary for, for this particular role based on market um, factors. But can you tell me or are you able to share with me um, what you all would be willing to pay someone um, with my background and experience. Um, and so that's the easy way to get ahead of the curve before you um, get that offer to kind of like set the tone so they'll understand where you are in terms of numbers and what you um, feel like you need to be compensated for. Um, if that does not happen and that's not the case for you um, and you receive an offer that may not be, um, you know, the number you were looking for. One, always negotiate. Always negotiate the first offer you get. Do not accept the first offer. Always send something back. And it's as simple as you responding to the email or responding to the conversation and saying, hi, I have taken time to look over the offer. Um, I understand that the number that you're providing um, is, you know, X, Y, and Z. However, um, the compensation range that I had in mind based on, you know, skills, based on, um, you know, the value that I think I bring, um, number of years, X, whatever, whatever, um, I, you know, would like to counter it with this. Um, and so you don't have to go in like super detail because you want to leave wiggle room for the conversation to just kind of play out. Um, so you don't you don't want to go into too detail like, yeah, um, I don't I don't know if I don't know if this will work for me because, you know, right now my bills are stacked up and I have the student loan. I have this and I have that. You know, don't give them your sad sob story. Um, always focus on the facts, always focus on the value that you bring, and always focus on um, what you will, the, the things that you will be doing in that position. Um, so like your, your actual day-to-day -day responsibilities. Um, and then use that to guide the conversation. Right. Um, another thing I want to say is uh, always say the number if they ask if you counter always say a number higher than what you're looking for because they're going to come back lower i feel like that's so important yes. um because you'll be damned if you're like if you say the exact number that you wanted and then they're like we're going to give you 
we're going to meet you in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and normally, too, like a lot of times the way that these come, they, they don't normally unless you've like really gotten down down the rabbit hole of interviews. But normally they send you the offer. It won't be like an open conversation. Um, and a lot of times you're going to be interacting with the recruiter. Um, and really the recruiter, like these jobs and these companies, they just want the, – Obviously, if you made it to the point where they're offering you something, they just want you in. You know, they it's very expensive to hire people. So the quicker y'all can get through the whole negotiation phase, um, then the better it is for them. And they can go to the next role that they have to fill. So be be upfront with them if it doesn't work for you. Let them know. And, and don't think that you only have to negotiate the salary amount you know, what you're going to get on your paycheck. You can negotiate so many different things. Like if travel is important to you, negotiate getting more PTO. (laughs) Um, So you can go travel and do whatever you want to do. If your company offers stock stock options, um, negotiate that. Maybe they can't give you this like lofty salary, but ask them to give you more equity in the company. Um, You know, there's so many different ways that you can negotiate. Um, and so you always want to keep like, keep, keep the full offer in mind. Don't just think about that one number that you're going to get um, per year, because that's not the end all be all of things. Right, right, right. Um, another thing I want to bring up, because this actually happened to me personally, and it was very uncomfortable. And, um, yeah, I don't know if I should say what I want to say, but I'm going to say it So, because I still work at this place. But anyway, I feel like this particular person did this to sort of like intimidate me. So I kind of want to talk about this a little bit. Um, what would you do? What advice would you give to someone who um, got their offer over the phone and it kind of wasn't a option to counter via email where you have some time to think about it and kind of um, absorb it. I know that you can kind of say, like, you know, like, I'll call you back. But, you know, like, I feel like a lot. I feel like in the context of that conversation and I feel like they were like, so do you accept? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, it was kind of like, so what do you think? And I, I so what are your thoughts for someone who has to like kind of think on the spot? Yeah. Um, as simple as telling them you need time. Don't let these recruiters, <laughs> don't let these companies force you or intimidate you into accepting something that you don't want to accept. Because also like there are tons of people that are interviewing for multiple positions at one time. And so you don't know what you're going to have on your plate or what type of offers you're going to be getting from these other places. So you always want to keep your options open and never say, oh, you know, I want this number and I accept right away. Like leave room for, leave room for imagination, no matter what. Um, and they're going to respect that. Like they're, they're going to respect that. If you just say, yeah, like, okay, I accept I, that, that amount is good for me. Then you're not, you're not doing the whole, the, the dance. And it, it's really a dance when it comes to negotiation. You don't miss out on money doing that. Cause oftentimes the first offer is like the low, like, the oh. lower end of what they budgeted for the role. Um, 
I even saw like a story one time where like a girl interviewed for a job and she basically like lost $20,000 because she accepted the first offer and the recruiter or whoever gave her the offer was just like, I had like $20,000 more that I could have, um, like we had budgeted for this role, but she did ask. So at every single stage of the interview process, always anticipate that they're, they're going to give you that offer. And when they give you that offer, then you know that there's going to need to be negotiation involved in that process. So that means that you should always stay ready um, by doing that research up front. Like once you know you have an interview, you should be looking for (laughs) the pay range for that specific role. Like you should be having that conversation with the recruiter if they ask that question about pay range to say, what would you all offer someone um, in this, you know, with the same background as me? Um, so stay ready, you know, because you never know when that question is going to pop up. Um, and you never know when you're going to need, need to be equipped with that information. Right, right, right. Um, so now that we're talking about money, you know, where the money resides, I kind of want to talk about um, people who are in a different position. Um, because another thing that the, the pandemic has brought up is people who are now seeing that, uh, they need to be paid more. They want a promotion. They want more from what their current role is because it's not kind of, um, a pandemic is a scary thing to be in and to be in a position to know, to think, oh, I've been in this role for like five years. You're kind of thinking, well, I need to want to make myself more, um, you're in, indispensable. You need to make yourself indispensable. Um, and of course, you like who doesn't want more money because that provides more security for you. Um, so how do you pr- put yourself in a position for a promotion or a salary raise? Yeah, I love that question. So in order for you to position yourself for a promotion or a salary raise, bonus, whatever it is, you need to align your activities with the priorities of the leaders in your organization or your or your manager specifically. Because if they are focused, if their area of focus is on making sure um, the team has a thousand orders in a month and all you've been focusing on was i don't know something totally something totally unrelated relatable when you go to try to pitch the reason why you need a raise or the reason why you need a promotion they're not going to care about the story that you're giving them because it doesn't align with what they saw fit as a priority to move the organization forward so that's number 1 Whatever your role is, um, whatever your position is, whatever your department is, there are goals um, that are outlined. And so whenever you go into a new performance year um, or you you go into, you know, a new role or anything, you want to make sure that you are in sync with what the leadership's direction is for that group, for that team, for that department. Um, So that's number one. Um, number two, I talked a little bit about this earlier, but having a praise folder, um, to reference on all the things that you have, you've accomplished 
for the team, whether it's from a monetary standpoint, whether it's from a mentorship standpoint, um, or anything that can help you say, here is why I deserve this money. Here is why I deserve this new title. And this is all the things you said that match up to that. You know, I'm bringing out the receipts to show like, you remember that time you told me that I did an amazing job. You know, you need to bring out receipts because people forget, you know what I'm saying? They, they don't remember the, they, they remember the bad things that you did and they will hold that against you a year in, but they going to forget them good things. And so you need to have that folder. So come back and say, okay, let me set this on the table for you. This, this is what we discussed. This is what you've been telling me all this time. Um, and you know, making sure that, that you're putting that out there and also like consistently checking in with your manager. I have a check-in with my manager, like at least once a month, at least once a month to ask the question of, you know, how, how am I performing? Are there any areas that I can do better? What am I doing? Well, how can I help you? You know, what can I, what can I do for you to make sure that your job is easier? Um, and so if you are interested, are interested in a promotion, mm-hmm. be upfront and tell your manager that you don't have to wait until it's promotion time to say, Oh, Hey, I want to go up for a promotion. You need to be talking to them. As soon as you get that idea in your head that you want to be promoted, start talking to them and letting them know like, hello, um, manager B. Um, I, you know, have been here for this amount of time. I'm really interested in getting promoted to this role. Can we come up with a plan together to help me make sure that I'm operating at that next level? And so when you have those check-ins with your manager, refer to that plan, pull out that plan and say, hey, you know, this is the plan that we outlined. How am I operating or how am I performing against this plan? in order to be performing at the next level. Um, so, you know, it's a process. Is You don't just wake up one day and say, I'm ready to be promoted or I'm ready for a raise. You have to start that all the way back, you know, when you have that idea. And, and don't do it a month before, two months before. Start building it up. Start building up your case because you have to have a case for why they should give you more money and why they should give you that that extra title. Right, right. Um and something that um, I was recently on like a Zoom meeting and something that stuck out to me is um, she was just like, um, you should, the reason you should have these uh, conversations with your manager early on is because one, it'll also tell you if your manager will be willing to help you. Because if your yeah. manager is not on your side and is not willing to assist you with where you want to be, then it's kind of like not even worth your while to uh, to go forward and um, bring it to their attention. So in that in that case, when that promotion does come available and you bring it to them, they're not in a position to help you get where you want to be. So you kind of have to be able to find your allies. And if it's not going to be your manager, um, then you need to be able to find someone else, whether it is in recruiting or um, in another team, especially if you're going... Um, for a promotion on another team, you should find an ally on that team to kind of get insight into what skills do you need to develop to be ready for this role? Or um, if there are any openings, are they gonna be hiring anybody? Another one, someone, are they gonna need any help 
for for that team upcoming. So um, I feel like that's very important to know. Like, is my manager on my side? Like, if I were to another thing that I've talked about with my manager too is like she's always been like, listen, if you want to apply somewhere else, just let me know. Like, don't. Yeah. It's just like I will. I will definitely give you a great referral, but I just want to know. Don't don't. She's like, don't do me dirty and just quit. Right. <laughs> let I don't like me help you. But I will say this: take that with a grain of salt. Definitely. You know, like if you have a like, everybody's relationship with their manager is very different. I am very very close to my manager. Um, like we, and I think we got, we got close because we used to travel a lot for work together. Um, and so us, he's black, I'm black. We're both in divine organizations. Um, so we just have like those different connection points that allow us to like forge that just like really genuine relationship with each other. Um, and so for me, I can call him about literally anything. Um, and so I'm a hundred percent sure that he wouldn't mind, you know, if I told him like, I want to go, I'm in consulting. So we jump from project to project. He wouldn't mind if I told him like, Hey, this is not working for me anymore. I'm, I would like to seek other opp- project opportunities within the firm. You know, he'll, he'll try to connect me to people say, Oh, this might be, you know, this might be a good fit for you. Let me call this person and give you, you know, give you some, give them some accolades and get them your receipts about what you can do. Um, but everybody doesn't have that luxury, um, you know, to just be talking to their manager all willy nilly about their next moves. So assess your situation, um, very carefully to know if you are in that position to be able to, to trust, um, with right. your managers. A good way to know this, cause I do this with my manager. I- I complain openly about other people. So if I, if I can say, say that kind of information to my manager that I'm, and I haven't been fired by now for complaining about other people, I think I trust her judgment on like getting a referral. So um, yeah, build your relationship with your manager and it'll be telling, probably not from the very start, but about six months into the role, you should be able to be like, oh, is this going to work or wow, like I've developed a great relationship with this person and I trust that they, they have my best interest in heart. Um, of course that always comes with, they have their interest in, at heart too. Um, mm-hmm. and everybody's own personal interests will also always trump anybody else's interest. So yeah. careful of that, but it's all about building that relationship and that connection. If you can, cause not every, not every manager is willing. Um, so the last thing I want to kind of talk about is um, negotiating a salary raise. I think we kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, I feel like most great companies, you know, every year you're just offered your uh, salary increase um, based on your performance and how you've done based on reviews. But for companies that don't have that, how would you go about um, sort of like sparking up the conversation of like, hey, I think I should make more money now. Um, one of the points that I think really uh, cater to this is uh, your points of like, you know, saving your folder of praises. Um, because if you ask for more money, you need to be able to back that up with um, things that you've done. But what other tips do you have for that? Yeah. Um, so outside of the, the praise folder that you need, um, I definitely encourage you to look at the market 
salary for um, your particular role. Like if you're staying in the same role, then obviously you want you want more money. Like you need to see based on the market factors, are you being compensated? Um, you know, in 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 compliance or in adherence to to those things. Um, so you can you know look on PayScale or Glassdoor has this um, my salary tool. Um, and it literally, you type in what your role is, what company you work for. You also can type in your years of experience, how long you've been in that particular role, and then your location. And it calculates all of the salaries from all the places that are in, within your geographical area. And it tells you, you are making this amount less than what your average peers are making with your background and with your experiences, or it'll tell you you're making more, or it'll tell you you're with you're within range. If you're below that number, please print that paper out. <laughs> uh, print 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 it out. Um, <laughs> attach it to your praise folder. Attach to your praise folder, um, and have that conversation. Um, put some time on your on your manager's calendar, on HR's calendar, whoever you need to talk to, um, and just kind of let them know, like, hey, um, you know, I would love to have a conversation about my performance and my contributions to the organization, um, and and how that warrants and rewards me um, in getting a salary or compensation increase. Um, so send that email, put some time on their calendar, and just kind of go through um you know what what your impact and value is to the organization what you've accomplished over the past year because like okay you accomplished something three years ago and it was huge um but maybe they've been compensating you here and there on those things or maybe you got you got a promotion then like you need something in recent times you know within within a year's time frame to say like i've done this consistently what are you doing for me right now <laughs> yes. What are you doing? For, what are you doing for the company right now? Like show that. And then also let them know outside of the value and the impact that you've made over the past year. You also did a little bit of research of your own independent research on your own to see how your compensation lined up or stacked up against against your peers in the in the same industry and field as you. Um, and you can say cite your sources. You know, where did you look? Um, where did you get that information from? Um, and just have that conversation. And obviously, they're going to have to listen and be open to what you're saying. And if they don't come back with something, ask them why. You know, make sure you understand why they're saying you shouldn't be compensated for this or what's the reason. You know, because if they just say, well, no, you know, we don't look at that. Okay, but based on my value and the impact that I made. If they don't want to listen to the what pay scale and what Glassdoor has to say, okay, well, what about my my impact in this past year? So, you know, lean on that even more to say, I want you to tell me why that wasn't so great and why that doesn't warrant me to get more money in my pocket every month. You know? Um, so keep asking those questions. Have that conversation. But make sure you come with your research in hand and your praise folder in hand. I'm correct. You know, come come with it because um, asking for money is definitely a very awkward experience. But you want to come with all the facts so they can't be like, "Well, what about this? What about X? What about Y?" Um, 
And if it's an issue, if you have like all of the accolades that you had done in the past six months to a year and you have this research that proves that you should be making more and they're still like, no, then you got to. That's your answer. Right. That's your answer right there. Then it's time for you to get back on the hunt. Um, or, you know, it's time, it's time for you to, to rethink what it is. Like, is that money that important to you in that phase? Um, even asking them, like, at what point could you all be able to have this conversation again? And, and what exactly asking the question of like, what would you need to do to prove and show that you are, um, deserving of that dollar amount? You That's know, especially if it's not budget related, especially if they, it's not budget related and they say, like, oh, we just don't have any money. Like we're, you know, it's COVID, blah, blah, blah. If it's not budget related, ask them to give you the plan. And if you start hitting those things, because you want to get it in writing too. If you start hitting those things and you come back to them six months later and they're still saying the same thing, like, oh, uh, we still don't think, then you then it's really a slap in the face and you really just know that it's time for you to go. It's more money for them to hire someone to re replace you than it is for them to be like, you know what? You want a little bit more money. Here you go. Um, so exactly. they're really not looking to uh, kind of give you what you feel like you're worth. Then that's just going to testament that they feel like you may be replaceable. Um, mm -hmm. and that's definitely another thing to reconsider why you should maybe leave the company if they feel that way. Um, but thank you so much, Jasmine, for answering all of these questions. Um, and another thing is like, I had no idea Jasmine was living in Texas. So of course we had like a time confusion. So thank you for being so accommodating <laughs> that as well. Um, Thank you. That you know, like I got an internet bestie in in Texas. I'm gonna hit her up yeah. like, if I'm ever in Texas. If I ever get to go to Texas, um, yeah. but um, thank you for answering all these questions. Do you have any like final tap tips for anybody that is looking for a job or looking for a promotion um, that we haven't covered? And everything you do, just make sure you're pulling up your seat to the table. Um, you're advocating for yourself. You have the receipts to match what it is you say you want or what you're deserving of, and that you have advocates um, in place and people that can really speak to um, your value and what you bring, especially when it comes to like the whole negotiating of your salary um, wh while you're in a role and you know you being deserving of those promotions. Um, and when it comes to like the resume, um, thing I think the biggest thing is like so what uh, I just really want to reiterate that keep asking yourself so what and all that you do even when you're on the job ask yourself so what what are you doing this for are you just sending this email to send it because if that you know the, the simplest things um, could be asked the so what question because if, if that's what you're doing then just leave it alone <laughs> so you know always ask yourself so what do your research Find advocates, um, shake the table, pull up a pull up a chair, um, and let's just break these glass ceilings because they definitely need to be broken. Definitely, and of course, also know your worth and add tax because that's what yeah. we're doing all twenty twenty one. So we can be where the money resides. And on that note, <laughs> we're gonna end this episode, and I'll catch y'all next week.